Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBross and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Dash. I'm Dawn Wright DeBrantz and my co-host Peter Mingles, a.k.a. Forrest Gump, is Forrest here Gump. tonight. Hey, Forrest Gump. <laughs> that's him. And uh, we're just here talking about stuff tonight. It's Tuesday night and that's what we like to do on Tuesdays. And uh, and Peter said, let's talk about Forrest Gump. And I said, okay. So yeah, I'm going to um, let you start because uh, right. I don't know where you're going with this. This is okay. This is okay. First of all, for all those listeners in, um, we make it to this radio show a little bit like a taxi driver in a cab in Manhattan. As long as you didn't hit the other car, you're totally okay. Like if you've ever been driving on the LIE, as long as you made it, you're okay. So even if a few seconds before. Okay, I, we call our radio station, right? As long as you make it. Who cares if you almost hit it? Almost hitting them doesn't count. No, it doesn't. So for all those people that are driving right now on the LIE, Weaving in and out like it was the Indy car races, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> we had a situation that happened um, just, uh, well, I think it was on Mother's Day. You may know this, Dawn. I'm not so sure if you do. And it's a sad kind of a thing, but in a happy kind of a kind of a twist to it. We had a gal from that you might have met at one of the A&MP conventions, Ruth Van Buren. And mm-hmm. Ruth was a, she passed away just yesterday, I think, oh or Mother's God. Day. Like, it really stinks. And Ruth is a was a wonderful person, wonderful mother, grandmother, all that sort of stuff. But can't, the cancer thing got her, and she was a real trooper. So in honor of her celebration of life and all those types of things, I get a little bit of sentimental because she was a wonderful person, and she brought us so many cool things. Matter of fact, Dave Blanchard would have never been in our lives if it wasn't for Ruth Van Buren wow. giving him the opportunity. So I just really. Loved everything that Ruth stood for, and it really kind of stinks because if there was anyone that was probably the epitome of health and nutrition, it was probably her. Oh, yeah, and she was the fabulous lady who kept telling me I had to wear gold instead of silver because she was doing my color analysis. Oh, she was something else, yeah, mm-hmm. something else. A really fought. beautiful lady. Yep, beautiful person, just a real kind heart, just wonderful, and this is in honor of Ruth because she deserves it for sure. But she lived a full and a really interesting life in the network marketing, you know, network marketing arena, but... You know, she but she probably took all the nutritional products that she should have, and sometimes, you know, the cancer thing still kind of gets you, and she really gave it a great fight. Well, whenever I think about stuff like that, for some reason in my little brain, I'm a Forrest Gump fan, and I didn't start out that way, but Forrest Gump is, to me, like, should be a cult movie for lots of reasons, and one of the reasons I bring up this now was when Forrest's mom was passing away in the movie Forrest Gump. If you haven't seen it, you got to go check it out. But when she was passing away, she said, you know, Forrest, it's my time. And sometimes she would have mixed philosophies. She'd have the fate, and then she'd have the chance. Like, this is my fate, and then sometimes she'd have a chance type of thing. So who knows, you know, Forrest, by the time he was finished, kind of said, you know, Ma, I'm really not sure. It's probably kind of both. So as we wander our way through this, world, and we call it our little dash from the beginning to the end. We never know what's going to happen. We had a situation, and I guess this is just recognition time, but we have a 
a gal who I highly respect in the network marketing industry. Her husband, she, her name is Lori Delk. Her husband was in a horrible car, a horrible truck accident. He was a FedEx driver and instantly was just, you know, on his way to work one day, got hit from the back or hit somebody, whatever happened in a snowy day, and it was, was done. So you never really know. Was it fate? Was it accident? What is it? Whatever. But we're always striving to make uh, a difference in people's lives relative to the stuff that we call our dash. Well, I had a gentleman named Roger um, a long time ago say to me, Peter, have you, you know what the best network marketing movie ever is? And I said, nah. you know, I've seen the thing called The Secret, and that's kind of like hokey, and I've seen people kind of play it forward or pay it forward kind of scenes from the Kevin Spacey movie, I think it was, and you say, oh, is that really the best ones? He said, no, Forrest Gump. I said, Forrest Gump, I like that movie, but Roger, I am really stretching on the correlations. And then he started to point Sam out for me. And when he started to do that, I said, holy cow, look at this. So there was a day on a Saturday where it was really nice outside, and I had to do some work in my business. And when I was doing some work in my business, and don't we have a little bit of static from you? I'm not sure where that's coming from. Okay. But whatever it was just went away as you muted out. So anyway, so relative to this, it was really kind of a beautiful day outside in sunny Florida, but I had to stay inside and do some work on my business. So I was a little bit like, oh, this kind of stinks. It's so really nice out there, and I'm stuck in here. And I said, I'm going to grab one of those. I buy choice. Don't ask me why, but I had bought that movie, like probably the only one that I ever bought. But I said, I got it over here, so I'm going to replay it and think of all of the scenes in Forrest Gump that reminded me of network marketing and home-based business and life in general. So when I first was introduced to this from Roger, he said, well, if you remember Forrest Gump, he always did exactly what he was told. And I said, okay. And he said, do you remember one of the first scenes? Run, Forrest, run. I was like, yeah, I remember that. Well, if you take a look at what happened with Forrest, that was when Jenny said, Forrest, run. And always good things happened to Forrest when he did the things that he was told. So I kind of replayed the movie a little bit, and I remembered, like, holy cow, that's true. The first times that Forrest was told to run, if you remember, his braces started to fall off. He was able to run like the wind, he would say. And whenever he had a chance to go anywhere, he would be running. And running was a self-discipline for Forrest that carried through the theme in the movie. And I said, that is so true. If you remember when he got a little bit older, then he was being chased by kids not on bicycles anymore, but on a pickup truck. And Jenny again said to him, Forrest, run, Forrest, run. And he ran like crazy and eventually hopped over a gate and then hopped over or hopped over a fence and eventually ran through the uh, stands, actually the football practice field, and some people belittled him. They called him the village idiot or the village jerk. And the other guy recognized his talents for running at least and said, boy, but that guy can run. And if you remember, Forrest then got a scholarship to college. So again, disciplines, doing what he was told, over and over and over again had a tendency of yielding for Forrest really wonderful things. And I said, this is something that's too good to be true. So I said, I just kept on watching. I came across a bazillion types of examples relative to life, relative to network marketing, where if it were up to me, Forrest Gump would be like the Rocky Horror Picture Shows. We'd go see it at midnight and whatever in our pajamas and we'd be watching this stuff relative to network marketing. So when I started to go through this rest of the thing, I said, you know, this is so true, so let me kind of play it back from the beginning. And you'll see that, you know, when Forrest was grown up, he had the 
crooked legs and the doctor put on the braces and his mom said, uh, you're special or you're not special. And she had mixed philosophies based on the situation. She was a little bit like the promoter in the group. And again, bringing it full circle back to where Roger said to me, you know, follow just, uh, uh, Forrest just followed directions. I thought it through, and he says, you remember the ice cream scene? And I said, the ice cream scene? Oh, that's right. That was when he was shot in the buttocks from in Vietnam, where he was eating ice cream. And <laughs> I said to Forrest, Forrest, have you ever played ping pong? And Forrest said, no. He said, Forrest, just watch the ball. And he moved the ball back and forth, and Forrest's head moved back and forth. So one more example of Forrest watching the ping pong ball, becoming really successful in ping pong, innocently not knowing that him following those simple instructions really made a big difference. And eventually, if you remember the movie, Forrest played ping pong in the Army. His mom was the promoter. She said, you know, now, Forrest, if you just hold this little paddle, and you said, I hit my little ping pong, whatever, with this little paddle, that got him the money to be able to do all the really cool stuff. So it was a really wonderful example. So if you like Forrest Gump and you like network marketing, you should rewatch the movie with pen and paper in hand to look at all of the lifelong lessons and network marketing lessons associated with that movie. And I will never tell you how many I got, because one of these days I'm going to have a worldwide competition (laughs) to figure out how how many real-life examples. So I don't know, bringing this back full circle, when I think about Ruth, she did wonderful things, I'm sure, with her body worth health and nutrition. If there was one person that probably never should have had that evil disease, it was probably her. But she lived her life to the fullest over the last two or three years, and she deserves everything that she put through. And she was a great example of optimism and hope, even in her last minutes. So just truly inspirational, and it's a shame to see her go. And there's no um, no doubt in my mind which direction she went. She went straight to heaven, right past go, full, you know, everybody's just wide open, the gates for her. She was right in there, so just a wonderful person. But for some reason, I think about Forrest Gump relative to those things when Mama said, sometimes it's fate, and sometimes it's just by chance. Who knows? Maybe we can't figure it out, Mama. So that's my Forrest Gump little analogies. There you go. Yeah. And and absolutely. And I, I just recently watched that movie again, and it, it never fails to go ahead and hit, hit really poignant chords. I think that uh, Tom Hanks is brilliant at that just as an actor, and... Um, you know, it's it's a great movie. It's just a fantastic movie. And the fact that, you know, most people would call him simple. Um, some would call him, like, disabled. But he was, like, I mean, you couldn't get the guy down for any reason. And because of that, because something in him, the, the negativity in him was broken, um, he ended up achieving greatness in everything he touched. So it's like, you know, Lord, may I be that broken, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellence with innocence, because if yeah. you the one person that was just innocent. Absolutely. Very cool stuff. So I get it. About, and life yeah. is like a pizza. <laughs> like a pizza and like a box of chocolate every once in a while, too. So, yeah. you know. So yeah. the cool thing, but one of the things that we were referencing is I always like to say, you always had to watch which questions you ask. So for all your network marketers, if you're looking for the right answer, you always have to ask, you know, you have to wonder about the the right questions. Because Forrest, not only did he do what he was told, he answered the questions that were asked. So if you remember, 
like there was one time where he saw the president and he had drank like 15 Dr. Peppers. And one of the presidents said to him, how do you feel, son? And he said, I think I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to watch the questions that you ask because you might get the answer. <laughs> That's and right. If you remember the second time you saw the president, again, he said, yeah, he had gotten shot in the buttocks, and the, one of the guy, one of the, the the president at the time, said to him, oh, "I'd like to see that." And what do you think, Forrest? And he, he was throwing <laughs> down his pants on television. <laughs> yeah, whips down his pants on television. <laughs> so it was just a great reminder. Sometimes when I'm doing my sales training, I remember to tell people that stuff because you got to watch the questions that you ask because you might get the answer that you ask for. That's so it's right. just a wonderful example. That's right. But I think uh, Axel's probably going to spin some records at this time. We'll come back talking about some other stuff. I could go on about Forrest Gump for a real long time. It's one of my favoriteest movies. And stupid is it. Do you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level, for email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more, Network Leads is what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organization. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show. And we are back with the dash. And, uh, you know, I I really like this whole Forrest Gump thing because, you know, I, I really loved how he ended up, how the movie ended. And I think that, you know, we can go ahead and, and come into this world with all sorts of advantages or disadvantages, and we can play our cards a million different ways, and we can have really good things happen and we could have really bad things happen. Um, but it's never how you start. It's always how you finish. And, you know, I looked at, you know, uh, what was his name? Um, Dan. I just know his name was Dan. He was his commanding officer. Yeah, Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. And um, he went through a really negative phase. You know, he lost both of his legs. He hated the world. He hated Forrest for rescuing him and giving him his life and saving his life. And then he went through a really, really, really dark space. You know, like he was totally addicted and totally drunk, and he was in really awful space. People were just using him and, and, you know, just really negative, dark places where this guy was. But, you know, he promised Forrest that if he ever got himself a shrimp boat, that he would come down and that he would be his his captain, right? Yep. And uh, that's what he did. And, and they end up 
retiring together. They end up going ahead and, and making great money together with the shrimp boat business. And, and um, you know, even though he didn't get to live with, you know, the way that he thought he would with Jenny, he ended up with their child. And, you know, like there, there's, it's like life is never what you expect it to be. That's the one thing that you can always count on is that, you're never going to be able to make a plan, you know, that, that's actually, I, I always, I used to have a bumper sticker that said, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. Right. And I think that's the truth about everything, you know. You have to be willing to go ahead and take the hits. You have to be willing to go ahead and be super, super agile, you know. I think agility is the key to happiness. You know, you can't have anything stuck with the way that you think it should be, you know, that whole should, could, would thing. Um, it just never works. And if you're agile and you're willing to think on your feet and you're willing to go ahead and and um, and, and as an entrepreneur, you're willing to go ahead and and be creative every step of the way because there are the lean times. We know those lean times, Peter. Uh-huh. You know, and they could be terrifying. And they, they, you know, like especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're out there and you're going, I just don't know how the hell I'm going to pay the bills this week. That is just welcome to the esteemed club of entrepreneurism. And and that's where we get strong. That's where we get and we build our muscles as the employers of the world, you know, because it's easy to go out and get a job and have somebody else pay you. And and it's 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 not easy. Let me put it for all of those who are unemployed right now. Please don't throw something at me. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy if you're in the upper echelons of employment to to find those jobs because they're not easy to come by. Somebody has to die to get them. And um, if somebody, you know, if somebody loses a job that you know is is really up there, it's a very difficult thing and it's a highly competitive place. So please don't think that I'm in any way saying that in this landscape it's easy for anybody because it's not but um i think it's it's where we all you know we don't get strong and we don't have the stories and the testimonies without the tests and uh we don't we don't get creative and uh and learn things about ourselves without opportunities to do so you know so it's um it's in the challenges that that the greatness is made right absolutely and there's a big difference between taking a check and writing a check. Mm-hmm. So if you're an employee, you get a chance to take the check. And if you're the employer, man, you got to write it. And there's lots of times where you're writing yours last, if ever, at all. So with this whole Forrest Gump thing, because I could see you catching on, Don. I could see <laughs> it. I could feel it happening. If you really took a look at, like, Forrest, and let's go back to your Jenny and your Lieutenant Dan thing. Forrest was Forrest. He stayed the same during the whole entire time. He believed in good things. He was a nice man. Mean things sometimes happened to him. And many times some of the best things that ever happened to Forrest happened right after some of the meanest things that ever happened to Forrest. So if you remember, like, the school bus, he, um, uh, when he was walking on the school bus, all the other boys and girls said, you can't sit here. You can't sit here. You can't sit here. And that happened like three or four times. Many people would be somewhat depressed because sometimes people are mean. But if you remember, Forrest said he doesn't remember a whole bunch of stuff, like the day he was born or what he might have got on his first birthday, but he does remember the sweetest voice he ever heard, and that was Jenny. And the Mm -hmm. interesting thing about Jenny is Jenny wasn't always a two-way street for him. Sometimes she was not necessarily mean, but she didn't always feel it. She didn't always feel it. 
But she came around at the end. The same thing with Lieutenant Dan. And Lieutenant Dan was a little bit meaner, for sure. But the funny thing about commitment is Forrest made a commitment. He made some promises, and he kept those promises, even though sometimes they didn't make any sense. But what happened? Even Lieutenant Dan kind of came around. And, you know, sometimes that might be just attributed to an interesting story in Hollywood, but many times it also resembles life lots of times as well. So Lieutenant Dan was a great example of a lot of things relative to Forrest. But Forrest is Forrest, man. He just did whatever he had to do. And when Jenny said, Forrest, whatever you do, you run, when he was going to Vietnam, and that's what Forrest did. and actually saved people's lives, and one of them was Lieutenant Dan, and Lieutenant Dan was the one who helped him on on the shrimping boat, <laughs> which, <laughs> <laughs> which is really kind of cool talking about Bubba. You know, Bubba was his bestest friend. <laughs> So, so I just it's a feel good movie with a lot of really interesting life's lessons. So in reference to that, well, let's talk about other life's lessons. You know, we're doing some stuff with a nonprofit organization that we're getting off the ground, and I got to tell you, it's been eye opening for me on so many different levels of some of the stuff that is happening out there in the world. And I just think that people need to know about these things. So we're going to switch topics for a second and just talk about some of the stuff that I'm learning relative to stuff that everybody probably needs to know about. One of the stuff is the stuff that's happening with health and nutrition and the foods that we're eating. Dawn, I had no idea that high fructose corn syrup was so prevalent all over the place. And I know you were... I tell you, Jim told me this, and I was floored. I mean, I didn't know it was that bad for us. I didn't have a clue. And when I was just like, everything I like has it in it. This is terrible. Between gluten and MSG and high fructose corn syrup, it's like I'm not allowed to eat anymore, Peter. I know. I remember I was there. I witnessed the gluten-free diet as we were in the shopping center. You I've given it up. I can't hack it. Okay. <laughs> When you guys are really easy to go on, whatever you know, we got lemonade diets. This is beautiful about this radio show because we document all the fads. Mm-hmm. We went on lemonade diets. We were gluten free, no MSG. But it really is kind of interesting. The challenges, let's say, the challenges that people face today, trying to eat a healthy diet. And I had no idea about high fructose corn syrup, which is made from corn, and it's not sugar. And I don't think I, now I'm not, I know I'm going to say this the wrong way, but I always thought sugar was bad for me. But by comparison, I'd rather gulp that white stuff than that high fructose corn syrup. And there's some challenges with how much we use, how much we have, and then what it actually does to different people. So I'm learning a whole bunch of stuff, man. If you go to YouTube and you watch little videos about high fructose corn syrup, or you watch King Corn, which is the movie you can kind of grab on Hulu or. Food Fight, which is another one you can grab all over the place. There's lots of really cool resources, but some of those things I'm learning are really some challenges that we, quite honestly, either never knew about or never had to think about as we were kind of growing up. So there's some things. Now, the recent one that I just started really digging into was this whole GMO thing. And one of our guests probably gave one of the best examples. I forget her name. But she was one of our guests. She did a great example about GMOs and the concept that GMOs, genetically modified uh, organisms, or genetically modified, yeah, GMO, genetically modified organisms, are like all over the place right now. 
and the government just passed a law that is giving the companies that do these GMO things complete immunity against lawsuits relative to things we don't even know that they do to us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, all this stuff is going on. So if you are probably, if you're listening in, you might be 300 miles ahead of me saying, Peter, I don't like, you know, where you been? Under some rock somewhere? This stuff has been going on for a long time. But it is really an eye-opening experience for us as we're learning a lot about this stuff from really smart guys that are focused on helping people with health and nutrition. So I'm just really excited about the stuff that we're learning as we're doing our nonprofit organization and the other impact we might be able to make because this stuff can be potentially really bad for you. And I'm not making the medical claims. i got to throw in all the disclaimers so I don't want to be sued about anything. But there's, there's not a lot of research on some of the debilitating effects of some of these things. And it's kind of like, wow, we're in a whole, what do we do? So what do we do? So I'm thinking about maybe that little farm and that little house on the prairie lifestyle might be the next best thing as long as we could put up something where the seeds don't cross-pollinate, we don't get more of that GMO stuff so we don't get sued into oblivion. So sorry, sorry for the little ramble, but I'm like, holy cow, there's a lot of stuff going on that I just had no idea about. Yeah, I know. that It's it's crazy, and it, I think it's really crazy that we have to worry about this stuff. You know, the fact that I have to buy water and I live in the middle of, like, like country is really bothersome to me. <clears throat> and... I got used to doing that traveling. I I find that you know like I, I guess I just sound old to myself when I when I pardon the phrase when I bitch about this stuff because okay. <laughs> it's like people have just become so accustomed to not being not having clean water to drink. It's like well why would you you know buy bottled? It's like you know what I like to have water that I can turn on a spigot and put my glass under. I want to live in a world where. I don't have to be afraid that you've injected poison into my food. I I mean, I was furious when I found out that the reason I blew up, when Alex and I, we just figured this out, when um, <clears throat> we were in Bali, Indonesia, I blew up, uh, I mean, I went to 185 pounds. When I say I'm 5'5", five five, all the women are going, oh, yes, it was a nightmare. I was pregnancy fat, and I didn't have a baby on board. I was just this big, and I was watching myself blow up in front of my own eyes, in front of the mirror, going, there's no way you can eat this much to get this big in no time. I'm talking weeks, matter of weeks. And I found out that when I left Bali, I was actually just eating poison. I was eating so much MSG. It was in all of the food in Bali, Indonesia. All the Balinese food contained MSG, and so I was I was consuming poison, a poison that I that everyone consumes, but that I am specifically allergic to. So I'm sitting there blowing up like the Pillsbury Doughboy, and I'm waddling when I walk through the rice paddies, and I'm going, oh my god! And so Alex and I were talking about this the other day, and I thought, this is really getting scary. That you know, we went, when we got off that radio show with our guests, I walked into my kitchen and threw out most of the food in my dry goods portions of my pantries. I sat there going, this is really terrifying. I can't eat the food that is in the grocery store. I have to special order food now because everything has poison in it. How is that fair to me as a human being? I have to worry about all this stuff every single day of my life. Now I've got to read every single label of every single thing on every shelf in every grocery store because they're poisoning us. And why are they doing it? Because it's cheaper to put that stuff in food 
and because it tastes better if I put high fructose corn syrup in it, then and and I'm going to break the law and I'm going to put more in there than what is legally allowed in their food because it's cheaper for them to produce this and it's just making everybody sick. It's just why are they doing this? Like everything is has to be a certain way and you know I just it's frustrating to me. I get really frustrated by this because I am somebody who reacts to this. You know, I've got fibromyalgia, I've got myofascial pain syndrome, I've got like all of these allergies and so I can't handle funguses and I can't handle dairy and I can't handle all this stuff and now I find out that they've been poisoning all of my food supply. <laughs> it's like they're right. poisoning the food and water, Peter. Go underground. It's you know? a little bit on the helpless. You look at it and you say, what are the choices? And you're more educated now than most. Mm-hmm. So if you're just like a regular person living your regular life, running your regular thing and you're feeding it to your kids and you don't know the difference, it's kind of scary. It's terrifying. Yep. Really crazy. So we should let Axel spin some records. We'll come back. (laughs) Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show. And we are back. This is Dawn and Peter talking about stuff. And, uh, you know, let, let's talk about this because I was just sending my new boss a, a message about you, of course. And um, he's taking off to go. And just, just I'm going to just say it out loud. I'm the new chief marketing officer of a company called iWowie. And, uh, and it's cool. I'm really excited about this because... It's a great product. They've put a huge amount of time and energy into creating the foundation of what they've done. And and these guys came, they watched our team, and uh, they're going to be scooping up Peter and scooping up everybody. And they scooped up my whole team here. And um, and they said, listen, we want a, we want a great team. We want a team who's going to look at this and it's going to put the wow in iWowie and. And uh, and I just, you know, texted because they're going off on a plane, a five-country tour. And I said, I don't trust very many people. And I don't trust very many people because, as you know, Peter, in our industry, in our business, there's a lot of people who say a lot of things, but they don't necessarily do those things. That's so true. Right. And they, they, they might also say things that, that are completely untrue. And, um, you know, it's a lot of the, the, like, what you look like on the outside doesn't necessarily mean that once you poke through that little crusty exterior that there's really go, do, dough in there. <laughs> it might look like a pizza, but you know, it might not be a pizza. So um, it's, a, it's an interesting and challenging thing. So when you end up with people that you truly trust, you know, you don't, I don't budge, you know. And I think that, you know, it's that way with everything. I mean, it's that way with certain brands that I that I consume. It's it's that way with brands of, of, of even just like my linens, you know. I've gotten to the point in my life where 
I don't shop around. I don't look for the better deal. I stick with manufacturers that I trust. I stick with people that I trust. I'm I'm got is it is it is it an age thing, Peter, or is it just like wisdom setting in? I think it's probably a combination of both. <laughs> I think you know, life's lessons plus just yeah. becoming smarter. Because we never had to worry, you know, I, I, like if our parents were on the phone, they would say, we never had to worry about these things. I mean, mm-hmm. drinking from the stream, eating from the grocery store, taking the drugs that you take, you know, the doctor, what was his motivation in writing that prescription, all that sort of stuff. Never had to worry about these issues before. But nowadays, either due to the competitive environment, conspiracy thinking, who knows what it might be, you know, New World Order, who the heck knows how it came to be the way it is. But if you're not more educated, boy, you might pay a horrible price. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it's true. You know, we used to send, we used to go out. At, at, we've talked about this. Go out at, at eight o'clock in the morning, and I'd hear Arlene's mother ringing a dinner bell from from far and wide, and we'd all go running because we knew that that was about the same time. Yeah, come home when Arlene's mom rings the bell. Okay. You know, and we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have beepers. You know, if if somebody hit their head and needed stitches like I did, somebody ran home to get mom. That's how that's how it was done back then. You know, we didn't have helmets for our bicycles, and we all survived. And if we didn't, you know, I don't know. Like I, I did have a friend who died when I was seven years old. He chopped down a tree with a crowbar in front of me. You know, we were playing. We were playing a game, Shoemaker and the Elves. We were kids, and he found a crowbar, and he chopped it down. Now, there was no amount of neuroses that we could have injected into the situation or that parents could have injected because we were just playing in the woods. We were kids playing in the woods, you know. No, nobody knew he had a crowbar, and no helmet would have fixed it. I think that there's, there's, you know, like, so there are tragedies that happen. But then there's also, like, you know, I, I watched when my kids were growing up and, you know, we were, there's the water wings. And so my daughter learned to swim late because of my paranoia and, and all of the newfangled things of, of protecting kids from life, you know. I think it's just this whole different, but then again, they're poisoning our food, you know. So, you know, you have to wear protective everything or, you know, and the parenting is taken away from the parents. You know, it's like there's there's all sorts of things that we were allowed to do as parents or that our parents were allowed to do that we're not allowed to do as parents. And God forbid once my kids have kids, how much control um, the government agency is taking in, in the schools and in the in the homes and what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do in parenting. You know, I look at like what it's what's it going to be like two generations from now. But then again, they're poisoning the food. You know, so yeah, right. <laughs> what do you makes, do with this? How do you process no that? It makes no yeah. sense. I'm, I'm not much of a fisherman, but I know, like for instance, if you're, we have saltwater canals near us, and you know mm-hmm. they always say, you know, if you catch anything in the saltwater canal, you got to throw it back because it's probably poisoned. I would say yeah. that, you know, if those space aliens come over, they're not going to worry about eating us. They're going to throw us back because we're probably already poisoned. You know. And it's a real it's a real shame because when you start to take a look at these things, you're right. We wear a helmet. You know, you can't go anywhere without wearing a helmet or a safety belt or anything else like that. And then, you know, try to breathe, try to drink, try to do anything, and then it's just a contradiction. So if there's mm-hmm. anything that I've learned to not really understand is all of the contradictions that we wind up living through. 
some people can gamble and then some people can't. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people can do this and some people can't. So it's conventional or... Oh, my father is so furious right now that, like, okay, he's a New York Italian. Okay, so I'm going to just say that and preface everything that's coming after what I'm saying right now. <laughs> but New York Italian. And he hears that the mayor of New York is actually insisting that women breast milk or they suffer a fine and that he's saying that, that, that nobody's allowed to drink soda. Um, and my dad is ranting. I mean, ranting. And then the gun laws, the gun control laws that are being being imposed right now, and it's like, okay, so all of our freedoms are being taken away, and our rights uh, to parent our own children are being taken away, and our right to bear arms, which is our constitutional right. And mind you, yeah, I'm a peace-loving hippie. I do not carry a gun. I do not pack any, any I don't even know the slang for it. I just don't even, I'm just totally, like, completely out of the loop. But I believe in our right to bear arms as a constitutional right, you know. I believe in our right to protect our own selves. Um, I believe in my own right to choose whether or not I want to put a helmet on my head and protect my own head. I believe in the right to know what's in my food and not have it be put in my food. You know, I I believe in having our own rights as people is very 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 important and I I feel like like I was talking I was on Cowboy Wisdom the other night and one of the things that has just been kind of resounding this week is just whatever happened to the days in Forrest Gump where people actually stood up and protested things where people, our people, we the people, we're actually doing something about it. Because, like, you and I, we at least get on this, this here horn and we talk about it and we, we help other people realize things and we talk about what's true and what's real out there and, and maybe we're a catalyst for things. And 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 I, I hope to God every single day that I'm a catalyst for change in the positive direction in people's lives and and empowering people to go out and have a better life and earn more money in in their own way, however they want to, you know, or creating opportunities for people to do those things. You know, I've committed my life to creating change and creating goodness and creating opportunity for people to live in liberty. Liberty has a lot of responsibility to it, and freedom comes at a price for a lot of people. And and it's worth fighting for, you know. I I just think we're we're getting lazy, Pete. I think as a nation, we're getting really lazy. Well, we're preoccupied, so we're yeah. busy doing everything else except for the things that are important. Mm-hmm. I just I just attended my son's graduation from a four-year university, which was a real milestone for him, and me too, because it was our it was my first child that I ever finished graduating through school, and he did a great job. But it was kind of interesting in the graduation ceremony. Besides his diploma, they gave him two things the U.S. Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. Mm. And that was really wow. kind of symbolic, yeah. but also very sad, yep. because these are useless pieces of paper, seemingly, in a lot of the things that are happening right now, mm-hmm. and it's just really sad. So in reference to those types of things that we have so, like, we have so much to try to fight for, and hang on to in these predatory times. Mm-hmm. That, you know, for those kids, I bet you that Bill of Rights 
is still going to be rolled up in the little tube that they gave it to him in for protection purposes. Mm -hmm. But people really don't realize how many of their rights are really being taken away from them. And it's kind of bad and it's kind of sinister. And I don't know any other way about it but to get a little bit on the somewhat radical side and make a difference, do something. And that's one of the reasons why I'm super excited about what we've done in this industry, what we're doing to help entrepreneurs, and especially the stuff we're doing with the nonprofit organization. So I don't, you know, I don't know how long I'll be around being able to do it. We could, something could happen tomorrow, something could happen 50 years from now. But my challenge has always been, what are you doing now to really make a difference? And uh, those are the types of things that we're working on. So it's, it's challenging, Don, I'll tell you. Because when you talk about the gun stuff, I want to be able to protect my family if somebody sh- or protect myself. If somebody shows up and I need to protect them, and I don't need somebody thinking that it's a good idea or a bad idea how I should protect my life. Exactly. Same thing with exactly. my kids as well. So individual choices, I think, are really at question here. And I don't get the, I don't get the New York City mayor guy because he seems like a really smart guy. And then he started talking about these off-the-wall things. Like, come on, you're in New York. You don't think people can figure out how to buy a big gulp if they want to? Like, what's wrong with you? You're in they can New York. find an eight-ball of cocaine from a cab driver. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, no, that's Las Vegas. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just really crazy. It really is crazy. It's like this is Gotham. You know, they, if they want to, if they want a Coca-Cola, they're going to find it. And it just, to me, seems like, I mean, Batman would not approve. This is not, like, this is Gotham City. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's, I just find it to be, like, really infringing. And mind you, I also have been one of the people, pre-Giuliani, who believed that, you know, there were quality of life crimes going on in the city, and I did agree and really liked what Giuliani did. You know, I felt that, you know, there were certain things that just weren't appropriate and weren't okay and that I did want to be able to drive my car without having to shoo people away or having, you know, people going ahead and and really infringing on my personal space in a first world city. Like, I've lived in Nepal. I've lived in places where... You know, there were beggars on the streets. There were kids who worked for mafia agents, or, you know, excuse me, gangs that weren't mafia back there. Um, and they were all addicted to glue, and we watched them organize these children to go and beg from people. And, you know, in the third world, there's one thing. In New York, different story. Not okay, shouldn't be happening. People should be taking control of that in, in law enforcement, you know. So I I did agree with those kinds of what I'm sure the homeless called infringements. Um, I called quality of life crimes, and I agreed with Giuliani. That might not be the popular opinion, but I did. Um, but really, you're going to say that I have to breastfeed my child and that I'm not allowed to drink soda pop? Like, I do get this whole high fructose corn syrup thing, but I know when I'm drinking a Coca-Cola that I'm consuming high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> right? And, and, I, and, I, I, and, I and I'm making the choice. choice. Yeah. Exactly. I, if, I wanted to, if I wanted to drink it day in and day, uh, day out, it's my choice. Put a label on it. Educate me. Just let me Educate know that me. it's bad for me, but let me, let me be responsible for my own decisions. And I think because a lot of people aren't able to do that right now or they're expecting outside influences, I think they formed the habit of 
losing the responsibility, which gets back mm -hmm. to the entrepreneurial thing. Well, we're going to probably need to spin some records as we finish up this last segment. So, Axel, go ahead. Are you in a rut about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, and you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-A-S-H taxes. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show. And this is our last go-round for the evening on The Dash, and this is Dawn and Peter, and we're talking about heavy stuff. Heavy uh, this stuff. Is heavy stuff this time. I like changing stuff, so let's. you ready for the next one? Since yeah. we did our little commercial on Texas, mm -hmm. there's some stuff going on where our fine government oh, is gosh. deciding that they want to start to impose charging sales tax. For all of your online transactions. Oh my gosh. And I don't know what that means to most people, but I do know what it means to me because I run a business and we do stuff online. And I don't know, Dawn, if you ever, like, we, you know, sometimes we don't talk about these things, but do you know what will happen to my business? It's a relatively small business when these laws pass. Do you have any clue what that will mean to the little business guy? I'm not worried about Amazon and Walmart and all those types of things. They have billion-dollar budgets and probably a lot of people that will be employed doing all this stuff, and they'll probably get tax breaks for it. So somewhere or another, it's probably going to be good for them. But has anybody ever thought about the implications for the little guy? Never. I mean, right now they're putting the little guy out of business, and if the small business owner is employing the nation, um, they're they're forcing the small business owner to go ahead and 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 buy everybody's health insurance and and taxing the small business owner more, so they can't hire more people and help with this employment crisis at all. So I'm most certain that this will probably take a baseball bat and smack you really hard right in the knees. Absolutely. Well, not only now what I'll have to worry about doing now there's this. They're pushing for the lower limit. So whether it's going to be a million dollars a year or whether it's going to be $10 million a year will be critical for me. <coughs> but say, for instance, it's the lower number, that companies that are doing a million dollars or more per year in business are now going to have to worry about collecting those sales taxes. Mm, no. Yes. Not only collecting them, but paying them to the appropriate place. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're yeah. going to have to pay all to all the 50 states? Right. <clears throat> so now oh, I awful. have to hire a programmer that I don't currently need to do all the things that I don't currently have to deal with because we do. We have a virtual business. We don't have storefronts anywhere, so I don't even have to worry about those types of issues. But now I'm just a regular guy. What about all the other people that are trying to do business online that are trying to sell their products? Could you imagine in your little MLM company 
now all of a sudden having to worry about all of the tax implications that have to be dealt with. And not only that, but there's a little organization called the IRS, and once you give them more opportunities to have more control over stuff, there's more potential for maybe things going awry. For instance, like if you've been reading in the newspaper how some subordinate, allegedly, uh, lower-level people have decided that they want to just kind of heavily scrutinize people that are doing nonprofits in the conservative or the anti-maybe-positive government arena where there's been some abuses of people with power. So if you have a power, then there's always potential for abuses of power. And one more thing that could potentially be a threat to the small business entrepreneur. So... Who knows where it's going to shake out, whether it's going to be at a million dollars or $10 million, but that's going to have an impact on a lot of people. So there's always lots of changes. So we, we're challenged by the stuff that happens in the uh, economic environment, in your personal environment, in your political environment, in your uh, citizen environment. There's a lot of stuff that if you're not paying attention, you could really lose a lot of the freedoms that you currently have. Mm-hmm. And is this a definite thing, Peter, or, or, or do, can deal. we fight it? It's a done deal. Now it's really going to determine what level. So there's the political there's the political posturing. Some of the politicians are saying this is not good, but this is good. But you got to remember, it means a new tax collected that will have to be paid by the states. So it's kind of like the stance that Obama. Now this this is my opinion. So all those people that want to hate write hate mail, just like just. <laughs> After you've done with all the threats, just push the delete button because I'm not paying attention to it. But right now, with the IRS being a little bit over-aggressive on some political organizations, Obama says, you know, we're going to get those guys. Like, that was really not right. And it's kind of convenient that you did that to people that were against me when I was running for president. But, boy, that was really convenient way back then. And that was a really bad thing. We're going to find whoever did that. But it was nice that it happened. So a lot of the politicians are really going to be doing the same exact thing because now what it really means is all of the states will get a raise. And the raise will come from the people in another form of a tax because now the stuff that you were able to buy that you weren't paying a tax on, now you will. So the states make more money. So it's a new tax. States make more money. The businesses have a harder challenge with compliance, and the level of control just gets that much tighter. Mm-hmm. But it's a done deal because the states need money, and this is one of the ways they're going to do it for the states to get more money because obviously it's tight. So one of these days people will figure out if you grow – this is my political things – if you grow the economy, lots of things kind of take care of themselves so you don't have to destroy different sections of the economy. So it's a lot mm-hmm. better to focus on building stuff as figuring out where can I get my next dollar from and that's what's, what's happening right now. Yeah, it's like scavenging. Yep. So <clears throat> either I always tell people you're either a builder, a maintainer, or a destroyer. So either building, you're maintaining, or you're destroying. And when we come back to all of the things that we were mentioning a little bit earlier, whether it's healthier food, if you can sell the people on why they should be buying healthier food and sell the companies then on doing healthier things because we pay less money right now for food per family than we've ever paid before in, like, the history of mankind. If you can educate the people why they would want to buy the healthier food, penalize the ones that are poisoning us, 
if you do the same thing with healthcare, if you do the same thing with all of those types of things, build instead of worrying about maintaining or worse yet destroying. It's so much easier to destroy. It's so much harder to build. But this is the country we're in, man. We're the builders. I mean, we can get stuff done if we want to. There's no limits to anything that we can do. So I'm always perplexed on why people take the other route. Maybe they just can't. Right, right. Well, you know, I just think that a lot of times it's the easiest, the path of least resistance, you know. People don't, they they don't know how it's going to affect them. They're not worried about it, you know. People will be angry that they're paying the extra sales tax, but, you know, if I bought it from my local vendor, and, you know, I, I am all about, you know, supporting my local community, but when it comes right down to it, it's like my, I mean, my local community where I am isn't going to be impacted by this because Arkansas really isn't your internet boom, you know. Right. Um, but I look at how the small business owner is going to be impacted, the amount of money and hassle that they're going to be under, and the, just really the stress that this is going to put furthering um, the problem in small business. Um, this could put people totally out of business. Yes. Yep. So it discourages the small business. So the big deal is going to be how low is the threshold that they'll go before a small business has to comply. The first law was written for a million dollars in business. That's way too low. Mm -hmm. Um, The next, I think they're pushing for $10 million in business. And if you're a a small business and you're doing less than 10 $10 million, you're still a relatively small business, but you're probably big enough where you're employing local people and you're doing some other stuff and you might be living your entrepreneurial dream. And most importantly, you can afford probably to be able to handle the infrastructure and the regulations you'll need when you're at that $10 million as opposed to the $1 million where you might still take it in a million and spend in a million just to be able to try to keep the doors open and the stuff open. Right, right. So there's a magical thing. <clears throat> yep. So lots of cool things happening relative to stuff. So there's changes in banking laws always um, that are either helping or hurting. We're working on that mm-hmm. up too. There's changing in nutrition with the GMOs and the um, and the high fructose corn syrup stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's changes in you know all of those types of things. And it's just kind of fascinating to get into, but certainly you don't want to have it consume you completely because it can be pretty consuming. Absolutely. All right. Well. As always, an hour flew by. Yep. <laughs> and I just totally appreciate you, and I'm very grateful that we have this time that we can come and do whatever we want and say whatever we want. So Tuesday's, there. Our, Tuesday's <laughs> our day. It's our day. And we've had and, some really um, cool guests. We've had we do. Really we do. Cool and guests. tomorrow, do you have in front of you who we're having tomorrow? I do not, but I remember. Okay, then it's going to be a surprise to us all. I don't either. So we will be here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time for another Dash Radio show. Thank you so much for spending the evening with us. We totally appreciate you. Have a great one, Pete. Thanks. Good night. Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404, and don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thedashradio. 
Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon.